والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه وبعد we still doing the second hadith of the arba'in an-nawawiyya we started the explanation of this hadith last week so i'll require someone to read the hadith again نعم تفضل ذات يوم إذ ادعى علينا رجل شديد بياض الثياب شديد سواد الشعر لا يرى عليه اثر السفر ولا يعرفه منا احد حتى جلس الى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فاسند ركبتيه الى ركبتيه ووضع كفيه على فخذيه وقال يا محمد اخبرني عن الاسلام فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الاسلام ان تشهد ان لا اله الا الله وان محمدا رسول الله وتقيم الصلاه وتؤتي الزكاه وتصوم رمضان وتحج البيت ان استدعت اليه سبيلا قال صدقت فاجبنا له يساله ويصدقه قال فاخبرني عن الايمان قال ان تؤمن بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الاخر وتؤمن بالقدر خيره وشره قال صدقت قال فاخبرني عن الاحسان قال ان تعبد الله كانك تراه فان لم تكن تراه فانه يراك قال فاخبرني عن الساعه قال ما المسؤول عنها باعلم من السائل قال فاخبرني عن اماراتها قال ان تلد الامه ربتها وان ترى الخفات العرات العاله رئاء الشاء يتطاولون في البنيان قال ثم انطلق فلبثت مليا ثم قال لي يا عمر اتدري من السائل قلت الله ورسوله اعلم قال فانه جبريل اتاكم يعلمكم دينكم رواه مسلم Bismillahirrahmanirrahim In the explanation last time I explained about al-iman bil qadar believing in qadar then I started from the beginning of the the hadith explaining how Jibril alayhi salatu wassalam approached the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the form of a human being I want you to note that when Jibril alayhi salatu wassalam is asked about Islam he talks about physical things that can be observed by every person when he is asked about Islam he talks about things which can be observed by a person things that are physical an tashhada an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadar rasulullah the declaration to make a declaration that there is none worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is a messenger of Allah of course declarations are open if a person makes a declaration we are able to observe the declaration and we are able to hear the declaration then he speaks about salah salah is something which is observable when a person prays we are able to tell that he is praying salah it's something physical 
He talks about zakat. Zakat is also something which can be noticed, something that can be seen. It's a physical thing. Then he talks about fasting. Fasting is also something physical. Then he talks about the Hajj, which is also physical. So you will notice that when he speaks about Islam, he speaks about actions. Actions that can easily be observed by people. When he is asked about Iman, he talks about issues of the heart. Issues that cannot be observed by anyone. He says, Al-Iman an Billah. That you should believe in Allah. He didn't say that you should make the declaration that I believe in Allah. He says, That you should believe in Allah. Meaning this Iman is supposed to be something in your heart. And to believe in the angels. Up to the end of the explanation. So we see here that Islam and Iman appear to be two different things. Islam mainly has to do with actions, while Iman has to do with the heart. Islam has to do with actions of the body, while Iman has to do with the works of the heart, something which you believe in your heart, which no one is able to observe. The scholars say Islam and Iman, when they come together, they get separated. And when they are separated, they want to come together. What they mean is that when you mention Iman on its own, without Islam, or you mention Islam on its own without Iman, when you say Islam, we understand that Islam to also include Iman if you didn't mention Iman. There are verses in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has simply spoken about Islam without mentioning Iman. And wherever Allah speaks about Islam without mentioning Iman, we also understand Iman to be part of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about. For example, Allah says in the Quran, Religion before Allah is Islam, total submission to the will of Allah. So in understanding Islam in this ayah, because Allah mentioned only Islam, we also understand Iman to be a part of it. Why? Because Islam has been mentioned on its own. Therefore, it also comprises Iman. Allah also says, And whoever seeks other than Islam for a religion, it will not be accepted of him. Does Allah mean just, just Islam? He means only actions, salah, zakat, and so on. He means iman as well. So whenever you understand the phrase Islam in the Quran mentioned on its own, also assume Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means iman as well. And whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions iman on its own, without mentioning Islam, we understand that iman to also comprise Islam. For example, Allah says in the Quran, The mu'minun, the believers are brothers. Is it possible for us to say, he's only talking about the believers, not the Muslims? Allah here didn't say the Muslims are believers. Allah said, 
the mu'minun, the believers are brothers. But we understand that to mean Muslims. Why? Because we understand that when Iman is mentioned on its own, it also means Islam. And when Islam is mentioned on its own, it also means Iman. But when they are mentioned together, they have different meanings. There are some ayat in the Quran where Allah mentioned Islam alone. We understand that Islam to also mean Iman. And certain ayat in which Allah mentioned Iman alone, we understand this Iman to also mean Islam. And there are certain places in which Allah mentioned Islam and Iman together. We understand them under the light of the hadith of Jibreel to mean Islam being the actions and Iman being the belief in the heart. Is that explanation clear? An example is this. Allah says in Surah Al-Hujurat, The Bedouin said, we believe. We have Iman. Say you have no Iman. Don't say we have Iman. Say we have surrendered. We have Islam. Because Iman has not yet entered your hearts. Because they've been mentioned together in this context. Islam and Iman, the meaning is now different. We understand in this verse Islam to be the actions. And Iman to be what you have in your heart. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also said in the Quran, إِنَّ الْمُسْلِمِينَ وَالْمُسْلِمَاتِ وَالْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ The Muslims, the male Muslims and the female Muslims. The male believers and the female believers. In the same ayah, he mentions the Muslims and the believers. Here we understand the meaning to be different. The Muslims are those who practice Islam. Those who pray five times a day and give zakat and whatever, those are Muslims. The mu'minin are those who have true iman, true belief in their hearts. So these phrases, when they are mentioned on their own, they mean Islam and iman. If you say Islam, you mean Islam and iman. If you tell us today, I'm, I'm a Muslim, what do we understand? We understand that you believe in Allah, you believe in his <coughs> angels, we believe in his books, you believe in everything the Messenger said. But you didn't say, I'm a mu'min. You said, I'm a Muslim. Yeah, you said, I'm a Muslim, but we understand Iman. You get the point? Now, so, they're like um, miskin and fakir. Fakir and miskin. When you say this man is a miskin, the difference between the two words, a miskin is a person... Who does not have enough? He doesn't have enough to live on. Sometimes he has something to eat. Sometimes he doesn't have. He has, but he doesn't have enough. A fakir is a person who is absolutely, completely poor. He has nothing at all. He needs to be supported. Miskin, Generally, the majority of us are masakin. We, we're struggling every day. You struggle here and there in order to put food on the table. We are masakin. The fuqara, the fuqara have nothing at all. They just go out begging. Someone has to give them food to, to eat. For us, we struggle, uh, alhamdulillah, but we, we don't go out begging, so we are masakin. 
If these two phrases are mentioned together, I say these are masakin and these are fuqara, then we bring in this meaning. But if I simply say miskin, we understand it to mean fakir and miskin in the, in the same phrase. So if they come together, they separate. And when they separate, they come together. Is, is the explanation of Islam and Iman clear here? Then Rasulullah responded by saying, Al-Imanu, Iman, rather, Al-Islamu, Islam, an tashhada an la ilaha illallah. That you should make the declaration that there is no one worthy of worship except Allah. La ilaha, there is no God deserving worship. Illallahu, except Allah. This declaration is based on two pillars. The first pillar is called general negation or absolute negation. The second pillar is called absolute or special confirmation. You begin by negating. To negate is to say this doesn't exist. And then you confirm. Before you negate, you don't confirm. What is the negation about? To negate any God. To refuse any God. La ilaha. That's the first part of the sentence. La, no. No God. Worthy of worship. Illallah. Then confirming Allah as the only God. If a person only said, La ilaha. There is no God. What would he become? Without finishing the sentence. He simply says, La ilaha. There is no God. What, what does he become? An atheist. Because atheists believe there is no God. And if a person didn't say, La ilaha. He simply said, Allah is the one we must worship. Or, I worship Allah. Without negating the other gods. He simply says, I worship Allah. What would he become? A mushrik. He becomes a polytheist. Why? He confirmed that he worshipped Allah. But the problem is, he did not I mean, negate the other gods. The first thing you do is refuse the other gods. The gods come in many forms. If you remember what we learnt in the, I think it was the third qa'ida of the qawaid al-arba' anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ursila was sent ila nasi to people mutafarriqina fi ibadatihim who were different in the things that they worship faminuhum among them man ya'budu madha those who worship what? الشمس والقمر منهم من يعبد الشمس among them people that worship the sun ومنهم من يعبد القمر among them people that worship the moon ومنهم من يعبد الملائكة some people that worship the angels ومنهم من يعبد الأنبياء some people that worship the prophets ومنهم من يعبد إيش الأولياء the saints وَمِنُهُمْ مَنْ يَعْبُدُ الْأَحْجَارَ وَالْأَحْجَارَ Among them, there are those who worship stones 
statues made of stone and some that worship trees وَقَاتَلَهُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ And the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم fought all of them. وَلَمْ يُفَرِّقُ بَيْنَهُمْ He made no distinction between them. It doesn't matter whether they're worshipping angels or worshipping prophets or worshipping stones. All of it is haram. So لا إله إلا الله To negate any other gods means you must say the sun is not a god. The moon is not a god. The angels are not gods. The prophets are not gods. Isa, Jesus, is not God. Muhammad is not God. Musa, Moses, is not God. The saints are not gods. The stones are not gods. The trees are not gods. The rivers are not gods. You reject all of them. After rejecting them, then you confirm Allah. La ilaha means all these are not gods. Illallahu except Allah. Only Allah is God. That's why I said this phrase, La ilaha illallah. There is no one worthy of worship except Allah has two pillars. The two pillars are negation and confirmation. You begin by negating, then you confirm. Allah does not simply want you to worship Him. That's not what He wants from you. The majority of us have not understood the meaning of Tawheed. We think Tawheed means we must worship Allah. That's not the meaning. Allah wants us to refuse, to reject anything else, and then worship Him. فَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ وَيُؤْمِمْ بِاللَّهِ He rejects the ta'ut. وَيُؤْمِمْ بِاللَّهِ And then worships Allah. These are the two pillars of La ilaha illallah. Then Muhammadur Rasulullah. This phrase is not complete. La ilaha illallah is not complete without Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a messenger of Allah. If a person said, I believe in Allah and there is no God worthy of worship except Allah, I will not worship anyone apart from Allah, but Muhammad is not a messenger of Allah. He becomes a kafir. Why? The Messenger وسلم, said, anyone in this ummah, whether Jew or Christian, who hears about me and rejects me, does not believe in me, is going to be among the people of the fire. No, but he said, La ilaha illallah. There is no one worthy of worship except Allah. The only part he didn't believe is Muhammadur Rasulullah. That makes him a kafir. And it's easy to claim that we believe in Muhammad وسلم, being a messenger of Allah. But this part of the phrase also, Muhammadur Rasulullah has its pillars. Pillars that we have to fulfill. 
in order for us to be considered believers in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam we have to love him sallallahu alayhi wasallam the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is more deserving of the believers than themselves Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is supposed to be more beloved to us than ourselves Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said la yu'minu ahadukum no one of you is a believer hatta akuna ahabba ilayhi until i become more beloved to him min walidihi more than his father wa waladihi or his son wan nasi ajma'in and all the people i should be more beloved to him than everyone else and allah said in the quran annabiyyu awla bil mu'minina min anfusihim the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is more deserving of the believers min anfusihim more than themselves wa azwajuhu ummahatuhum and his wives are their mothers we have to love him sallallahu alaihi wasallam and it's easy to say we love him a declaration of love by word of mouth is very easy but love is something that has to be shown in one way and that has been outlined in the quran how can we love the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah said qul say muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam to them in kuntum tuhibbun allah if you love allah fattabi'uni then you must follow me to show love for the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam we need to follow him we need to obey him sallallahu alaihi wasallam otherwise claiming is easy the jews and the christians especially the christians claim that allah is their father they claim that they are the children of allah and his beloved people allah said wa qalat al-yahud wan nasara nahnu the jews and the christians said nahnu abna'ullah we are the children of allah wa ahibbauhu and his beloved but that's not enough in order to be allah's beloved people you have to follow what allah asks you to do you cannot be allah's beloved people while you drink beer you cannot be allah's beloved people while you disobey allah in every aspect So even Muslims can claim to love the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam but that is not true. It only becomes true when we follow what we taught by the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Awwalan ta'atuhu fi ma amar. To obey him in everything that he commanded. Ta'atuhu fi ma amar. To obey him sallallahu alaihi wasallam in everything that he commanded. tasdiquhu fi ma akhbar to confirm or say what everything that he taught us is true we don't have to doubt anything he told us the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam spoke about many things he spoke about things that happened in the past he spoke about things that will happen in the future sallallahu alaihi wasallam everything he said about what happened in the past we have to believe and everything he tells us is going to happen in the future we have to believe if rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says there is going to be a time of fitna there is going to be a time of dajjal 
whatever he spoke, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we have to believe without doubt. So we obey him in everything that he commanded, and we believe him in everything that he told about the past, about the future. There are times when you find stories narrated maybe in the books of the Christians and the books of the Jews, and the Messenger وسلم, has narrated to us similar stories, but in a different way, not the same as it is written in the Bible, not the same as it's written in the, in the Torah. For us, the correct vision is what we are taught by the Messenger وسلم, because we believe what was brought to us by the Messenger the books of the Jews and the Christians, we all agree that these books, according to what Allah has taught us in the Quran, have been tampered with. The Messenger وسلم, came to rectify. Rather, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الَّذِينَ يَتَّبِعُونَ الرَّسُولَ النَّبِيَّ الْأُمِّيَّ الَّذِي يَجِدُونَهُ مَكْتُوبًا عِنْدَهُمْ فِي التَّورَاتِ وَالْإِنْجِيلِ يأمرهم بالمعروف وينهاهم عن المنكر ويحل لهم الطيبات ويحرم عليهم الخبائث ويضع عنهم إصرهم والأغلال التي كانت عليهم فالذين آمنوا به وعزروه ونصروه واتبعوا النور الذي أنزل معه أولئك هم المفلحون. So to believe the message of Allah in everything that he taught Allah وَأَلَّا يُعْبَدَ اللَّهِ and that Allah should not be worshipped. Illa bima amar. Or illa bima shara. Allah should not be worshipped except according to what the Messenger told. That's a part of Muhammad Rasulullah. For you to believe that Muhammad is a messenger of Allah, then you should not worship Allah except. The way Rasulullah showed us to worship Allah. And at this point, I want to repeat an important qaida, which I've said time without number. Any ibadah, every ibadah, every act of worship is haram. Any act of worship is haram, except what was taught by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Any act of worship, any ibadah is haram. It's forbidden. Every act of worship is forbidden. Except the kind of worship which was taught by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And here you have your acid test. If you find someone worshipping, ask them, did he teach us to do this also? If the answer is no, then it's haram. Some people think we're difficult. We're not being difficult. It's something very simple, straightforward. If Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, then our worship is supposed to be based on what he taught. That's the meaning of Muhammad Rasulullah. We cannot begin something new which he did not teach us. I can't introduce something new in Islam. Because the phrase doesn't say Siddiq Rasulullah. That's why I have no right to introduce anything new. 
And you don't have the right to introduce something new because the phrase doesn't say, for example, Mujahid Rasulullah. It doesn't say that. Mamadu doesn't have a right to introduce anything because the phrase doesn't say Mamadu Rasulullah. Of course, Muhammad, but not this one. <laughs> so no one has a right to introduce new acts of worship in Islam. I mentioned in the first muhadara, the hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu fahuwa rad. Anyone who introduces in this issue of ours, in this religion of ours, something which is not a part of it, fahuwa rad. It will not be accepted. So we can claim to love the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but the true love of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is in worshipping Allah the way Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam showed us to worship. So, if you find a group of people in the masjid or outside the masjid dancing for Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, dancing for Him, singing Allah's name, the simple question is, uh, did the Prophet وسلم, also teach us to, to do this, to, to dance? If the answer is no, then we shouldn't dance. No, but this is nice, we are only singing the name of Allah. Yes, you're singing the name of Allah, but did the Prophet وسلم, say you should do this? No, he didn't. Then stop. Ibn Abbas who found a group of people in the masjid, after salah, making tasbih together. Subhanallah, subhanallah. As a group, the whole masjid. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Is subhanallah an insult? It's not an insult. It's praising Allah. And it's nice, isn't it? We're only glorifying Allah. But then he said to them, you people must be more knowledgeable than all the companions of the Messenger They said, why? What have we done? We're only glorifying Allah. But the problem is that the Messenger did not teach people to glorify Allah in a group the way you are doing. SubhanAllah is nice. Yes, it's nice. But the Messenger didn't teach this. So after Salah, what did the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then teach? The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam after Salah used to say, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. Allahumma anta salam, wa minka salam, tabarakta ya dhal jalali wal ikram, la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah, lahu al-mulk wa lahu al-hamd. وهو على كل شيء قدير لا إله إلا الله ولا نعبد إلا إياه له النعمة وله الفضل وله الثناء الحسن اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا ينفع ذا الجد منك الجد Did the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say these words after Salah? Yes, he used to say that Is there authentic hadith? Yes, from Bukhari and Muslim 
reporting that the messenger وسلم, used to say these words after after salah and then what else the messenger وسلم, said to muad bin jabal ya muad don't forget after every salah allahumma a'inni ala dhikrik wa shukrik wa husni ibadatik rawahu muslim this is a hadith authentic the Messenger وسلم, said, we must say that. Yes, Rasulullah said that. What else did he say? He said, anyone who reads after salah, after the taslim, ayatul kursi, the only thing that prevents him from entering Jannah is that he is still alive. It's only death between him and Jannah if he reads ayatul kursi after every salah. Is that authentic? Yes, it's an authentic hadith. What else did the Messenger وسلم, say? The Messenger وسلم, said, if a person finishes salah and says, Subhanallah, Subhanallah, 33 times, and Alhamdulillah, 33 times, and Allahu Akbar, 33 times, and La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu, lahul mulk wa lahul hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadeer. If he says this, 33, 33, 33, and the la ilaha illallah, to make it 100, Allah forgives his sins if nifth away as much as the foam of the ocean. The Messenger وسلم, said that, yes he said that, then we must do that after salah. Then that is what we are supposed to do. Now tell us, uh, how did he do that? Did they do it as a group? We have to know, did they do it as a group? No, they didn't do it as a group. Or that was the Messenger وسلم, saying this and the others were saying, Amin? No. He was saying, and the Sahaba were also saying individually. Ibn Abbas عنه, says, there would be so much noise in the mosque after the taslim because everyone would be making this dhikr. So, if you find me doing that and you ask me what I'm doing, I'll show you the hadith. <coughs> but if I find a group of you, after salah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, the imam is in front. Rabbana atna fi dunya hasana, amin. Wa fil akhirat hasana, amin. Is this good or bad? Yeah, it is good, but wait a minute. It's nice. This is a good dua, very good dua. But what you're doing, you, the imam, reading it, and the whole group saying amin, is that the way it was done by the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? No, then stop. That's what our deen is about. That is the meaning of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the meaning of true love for the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they will be saying, ah, oh, these Wahhabis, they hate the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are singing for Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they are coming to, to disturb us. We want to make the birthday of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sorry to say, but these, these are realities. They have to be mentioned. We want to do the birthday of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Wahhabis are coming to stop us. But the birthday of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Qul in kuntum tuhibboon Allah. If you love Allah, fattabi'uni, follow me. Did the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do that himself? No, he didn't do it. Then don't do it. <coughs> so the meaning of Muhammad sallallahu uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ta'atuhu fi ma'amab. تصديقه فيما أخبر وألا يعبد الله إلا بما شرع to obey him in what he commanded to believe everything he narrated and that Allah should not be worshipped except by the Sharia that was brought to us by the Messenger Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم.
Then, we come to an important thing. When you look at the phrase, La ilaha illallah, don't forget, we are still on the hadith. Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam said, tell me about Islam. And Rasulullah said, Al-Islam an tashhada an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammad rasulullah That's the phrase I'm explaining. The first phrase, an tashhada an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammad rasulullah If not yet come to wa tuqeem as-salah wa tuqti as-zakah, that will come later, inshaAllah. So now, when you look at the phrase, la ilaha illallah, muhammadur rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Since we said the phrase is divided into two parts. The first part, which is La ilaha illallah, and the second part, which is Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this whole phrase, the phrase together, don't confuse it with La ilaha illallah alone. I said La ilaha illallah alone has two pillars, confirmation and negation. Let's start with negation, negation and confirmation. But the whole phrase... La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is also going to have two pillars. A pillar which supports the first part, La ilaha illallah, and the second pillar which supports Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. La ilaha illallah needs ikhlas. It needs sincerity. Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam needs mutaba'ah, following. Following the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Therefore, Actions, every action must have these two things. Ikhlas, being sincere to Allah, and mutaba'ah, following the messengers of Allah. If you are sincere in your ibadah, but you're not following the messengers of Allah, it will not be accepted. You can be sincere, sincere salah, which is for Allah. But without mutaba'ah, without following the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it will not be accepted. And if you follow the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but there is no ikhlas, there is no sincerity. You're following Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kind of right, but the ibadah does not have sincerity in the heart, it will not be accepted. It has to be a combination of sincerity and mutaba'ah following the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we need ikhlas, sincerity. It has to be for Allah and mutaba'ah. It has to be according to the teaching of the Messenger. Let's divide people then into four groups. Let's divide ourselves into four groups. As Muslims, we are divided into four groups. Group one, the people who have sincerity. They do things only for Allah. And they follow Muhammad. For this, their actions will be accepted, inshallah. When you pray, you pray for Allah. And you pray according to the sunnah of Rasulullah. You fulfilled these two important things, which are ikhlas, sincerity in the heart, and mutaba'ah, following the Messenger. That's the first group. The second group is a group that has ikhlas. They want to do this for Allah. When they come to the masjid, they don't come for anyone. They come for Allah only. When they pray, they don't pray for anyone. They pray only for Allah. But the problem is, they're not praying according to the sunnah of the Prophet It will not be accepted even if they spent the whole night in the masjid. It's a problem. And many are such people. You find someone every time in the masjid. 
Everything they say, Islam says this, he's going to follow that. But he has one problem. The problem he has is mutaba'a. He's not following the messengers of Allah. Rasulullah said, Sallu kama usalli. Pray the way you've seen me pray. And he's praying in a different way that the messengers of Allah did not pray. He's sincere. He wants Allah. But mutaba'a is not there. Therefore, it will not be accepted. You find some people standing in salah and where they're supposed to be reading Surah Al-Fatiha, they're counting tasbih. He's not a munafiq. He's not a hypocrite. He wants this for Allah. But the problem is he's doing it the wrong way. He's not doing it the right way. This is not what Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught. Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said when you stand in salah, when you make the tabiratul ihram, you read Surah Al-Fatiha. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Maliki, Yawmiddin, Iyyaka, Na'budu. Up to the end of the surah, then after that you read another surah, Ma Tayassara min al-Qur'an, that you find easy from the Qur'an. So if this man comes in salah and he says, Allahu Akbar, then he begins to count tasbih. There's no mutaba'a, therefore it won't be accepted. A third group is a group that has a lot of mutaba'a. They follow the messengers of Allah in every aspect. Their salah is correct. Everything according to Rasulullah But there's no sincerity in their hearts. They're munafiqun. They're hypocrites. You find someone with a short thobe and, and a beard and everything and miswak and a topi. You think, mashallah, when it's only fat. Is that a possibility? It's a possibility. A lot of mutaba'a, but without what? Ikhlas. Is the word acceptable or not acceptable? Is it acceptable or not acceptable? Not acceptable. No matter how big the miswak. Or no matter how white the chitambala. It's not acceptable. Why? Sorry. No, 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 it's not you. 